What's up, John? Um, what's up, everyone? My name is Kung Lee, former Strike Force Middleweight World Champion and uh, a warrior of God. And I serve God Almighty, most high, the most powerful, most love. Life is all about relationships and great leaders heavily invest in those relationships. On the Relationships and Revenue podcast, we talk about how to improve our most significant relationships at home so we can be better in our business relationships. We talk with experts from all over the world representing many disciplines about the best tips and strategies to become amazing people and amazing leaders. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast. This is your host, John Hewlin. As always, thrilled to have each and every one of you with me today. And as you heard from that introduction, I have the one and only Kung Lee with me. How are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you doing? Oh, man, I am fantastic. Doing much better than I deserve. <laughs> so as you guys heard from that, Kunli is a former strike force. Um, I'm going to make sure I say this right because I have my notes here. See, I'm ready. Former strike force MMA fighter and champion. Oh, my gosh. There are so many of these combat sports that Kunli is a former champion in. I, kickboxing is one of them. I mean, you, you were an MMA. You were a UFC fighter. I mean, help us. How many of those different ones have are you like, and you're teaching people to do it too. So talk us, uh, talk to us about that. Uh, let, let, let's start with like my amateur record. I'm like, okay, uh, yeah, let's start there. Uh, multiple national Sanda champion, um, uh, three-time bronze medalist, uh, representing uh, USA at the world championships um, in three different world uh, games. The only athlete in America to bring home three medals. And then uh, I got to uh, stand up the professional circuit where Scott Coker promoted me on his strike force event. Then uh, right soon after that, uh, you know, when I won the, like the title, North American title there, I also won an IKF uh, um, Sanda world title. And then uh, uh, I went on to uh, becoming the strike force middleweight world champion, defeating Frank Shamrock at the strike force in 2008. And uh, uh, it's a, uh, after about four years with the company and um, when UFC bought out Strike Force, uh, I got on the UFC roster and, um, you know, yeah. I fought uh, four fights for the UFC, um, three of them being uh, uh, main events and co-main events. Wow. Well, that is extremely impressive. Now, you transitioned from that world into, and, and some of it, some of it's overlapping, I know, on the timeline. Uh, I mean, you became an actor and a, and a director and a producer, which is all super cool. And I can't wait to dig deeper into that. Uh, a fight coordinator, a coach. Of course, you mentioned earlier, a warrior of God. And you have two other titles that I know you hold very dear, and that's husband and dad. Yes, um, husband and dad is very important to me. Uh, but I put God first and everything else follows. I hear you, my friend. I hear you. So talk to us a little bit. How did you even get into combat sports? Because from 
the research that I did, I mean, you were born in Vietnam, but you came here to the United States at a very early age. Is that right? Yes. Um, in uh, 1975, the, mm. I say about a week or two before the fall of Saigon, um, mm. my grandfather was the chief of police uh, for a five different city, but he was a former, but at the same time, he was still very active in the government. And um, we got airlifted out to our first refugee camp in the Philippines. We stayed about three months um, there. And then we went to Guam to another refugee camp. Uh, I can't remember exactly how long we stayed there. Then our final uh, refugee camp was in Monterey. I think it was around uh, over there uh, in that military base. Uh, and then uh, soon after that, we got a sponsor, which we stayed with the sponsor for about a year. And then, then we moved to San Jose and my grandfather uh, you know, he worked as a translator and, um, and, uh, uh, got on our, uh, you know, bought our first house and we were like that typical family with, you know, four rooms and about, uh, you know, uh, over a dozen people for an each room. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. We start sardine, you know, ourselves packed ourselves <laughs> into the house and, and, uh, we made it work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Okay. So you, you leave. Vietnam in 75 and you eventually you migrate towards San Jose. Yes. So once you're there and you're in San Jose, how long was it before you started getting into uh, these various types of combat sports? Uh, I think the first combat was me getting bullied and beat up. So I, I, oh. I came home with the bloody nose one time and, uh, you know, a little bit of blood and I wiped it off you know, off as much as I could. And my mom said, ah, I think it's time to find a martial arts school for you. And then, mm. uh, you know, we, we got into, uh, some Taekwondo and some, uh, Vietnamese Kung Fu, but, um, uh, it didn't last long because my mom had, had to hold down a couple of jobs mm. and it couldn't get me to practice. So every time the belt test would come up, I didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And so, it, you know, eventually, uh, I just got away from it. I joined wrestling. And through wrestling, I, I became a, a high school All-American, collegiate All-American. And, and uh, then I found my way into martial arts again with the same teacher and just started competing in uh, full contact tournaments because all the local tournaments, like the point fighting, the Taekwondo tournament, I was getting disqualified for excessive force. But <laughs> I, I found my way in, in the Chinese martial arts, which is stand-up, which is punching, uh, kicking, low, middle, high, and then, uh, you know, any kind of takedowns from throws to sweeps to catches to uh, pushing someone off the leotide, which is like three feet. It's like a platform. Mm. It's a 24 by 24, and you can knock them off like the platform. Wow. Okay. So, wow. Okay. So the, uh, the martial arts didn't stick because, well, it's because of mom's schedule, and I get that. I, I totally get that. And then... You found your way into wrestling, so you became an All-American at both the high school and collegiate levels. Yes. Okay, and then that translated later into the combat sports because you were, <laughs> using your words, too aggressive. <laughs> well, I mean, the, because of the rules that allow yeah. you to do excessive force and then, um, you know, like punches to the face in Taekwondo, but you kick to the face, but. You know, uh, I just, 
it was just a journey that I went through and um, mm-hmm. I learned a lot of different styles and, and I kind of incorporated into my style, uh, mixing, mixing in the scissor kicks and then the throws and the striking. And I, I felt like um, my throws and my wrestling was just as good as my striking. And I try to keep the balance. And then, um, then soon after that, I found MMA, which I just know that I'd rather stay off the ground uh, you know, and stay away from the submission and keep it on my feet. But then I also, you know, found a love for uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu too, because, mm. you know, it's, uh, it, it was fun to, you know, fun to learn and fun to train. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. So now all the while, all the while you're doing all this, were you also teaching others to do basically your style? Well, you know, I feel like after my, uh, the first national championships, then I went to the U S opens. And then, uh, then when I, um, went to the team trials, um, after the team trial, um, and then after the first, my first world championships, then I really started teaching like my own school. Uh, but before that I was, you know, helping my old instructor teaching a bunch of classes, but like I was just teaching it so I could have free tuition. But then I back asked. then I realized why am I teaching three classes all in like it literally like took like four hours and then I'm not getting paid and I'm doing that five days a week. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to spend more time training and get ready for these competitions instead of, instead of training. So I ended up breaking off with my old teacher mm-hmm. and then uh, kind of like opening my own gym and then doing my own things. And then that's when my own style kind of came into play. And then mm-hmm. uh, just, it was to, yeah, I feel like everything was, you know, God guided me uh, through mm-hmm. the, the ups and then and through the downs and, I find myself right here doing the interview with you talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) So now are you still teaching and coaching today? Right now I'm only teaching my son and a couple of his friends. um, Okay. And and just training myself. Um, I don't have time to teach as much anymore. Now that I Mm -hmm. devoted my life to Jesus Christ and spreading the gospel, fighting demons in Jesus Christ's name and, and healing people uh, by praying for them. So, yeah okay okay so talk to us a little bit about what it takes to become a champion because there are certain characteristics that tend to come out for every person i've ever met that's been a champion at any level so what did it take for you to become a champion uh, what did it take for me to become a champion? Uh, it took a lot of hard work, a lot of sacrifice, a lot of determination. But I, I, I would have to say my key uh, factor of becoming that champion is my faith in God and Jesus. And uh, because every time I you know compete, I always pray. I have a certain ritual that I do before each fight, and then uh, during the fight, you know, I get my team together. I pray with them and then uh then then uh whether i win or i lose i give all glory to god okay well let's talk a little bit about that journey that's happened for you um when when was it that you this is my terminology i'm not saying you're saying this when you crossed the line of faith well you know um i felt like at a young age because my grandfather uh he would always 
do his best to make sure he's always at the dinner table. Like, mm-hmm. so whether he's working like all day long, he comes home for dinner, then he's back at work. He just mm-hmm. makes, made sure that he was there during dinner. And that's what I remember the most. And before dinner, we always prayed. And mm-hmm. so uh, w- one day I just noticed that I, I, I finally paid attention. I, I realized he wasn't eating until everyone was already halfway done or finished eating. Then he would eat. And one day I just asked him and I had some vegetables in my, um, my, my bowl and I didn't want to eat it. So I said, how come you're not eating your food? And then he's all, well, I, I wanted to wait till everyone had enough to eat before I, eat. I would eat. I'm all, you can have mine. You can eat mine. <laughs> um, he, it ended up, he made me eat all my vegetables and I ate my food. Then, then, then after that, you know, I, I, I started asking him, you know, you know, why did we pray before we eat? And then he told us, we got to give thanks to God because without God, we wouldn't have this. We wouldn't be who we are. Then, you know, he just, every time I get a chance to ask him, I started asking him more Then he, he brought me uh, to catechism. And mm. then, then I got a little bit confused because, um, at that time I wasn't the best, uh, English speaker. I was more like Vietnamese and broken English, but then, 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 then I realized that, um, you know, like when he says in Vietnamese, Chua means God, but Jesus is Chua, same as God, but Chua Yesu means Jesus Christ. And so I got confused. I only thought there was God, mm-hmm. right? I didn't realize there was a son of God. And then because I, at the time I was a, a Catholic, but not till, uh, I say about five years ago, my wife kind of broke it down. Um, you know, at the time we were like, uh, dating and then she, she was very religious. Her mom did over 400 exorcisms and she did over 200 exorcisms with her mom as her, as the second, because mm-hmm. like when you go into an exorcism, you always go in two or more when two or more gathers in God's name, he's there in the midst. So, um, my wife started teaching me more about Jesus and what he did for us. And I realized, wow, that's amazing. And then, then, then. Then my faith became even stronger because I connected what the father did for us. He gave his only son who, who died for our sins and, and that's his only uh, son. So I realized, you know, how important it is to be righteous and be the best that I can be as a person. So I didn't really come into that until like five years ago, but before that I, I had God in my life and it, it led me to like, uh, like down a certain path, everything I did was, you know, I put God first and then mm-hmm. everything would follow. But now with Jesus, I understand more and, and then I understand how important it is to give God and Jesus all the glory. Absolutely. Absolutely. So talk to us a little bit about the preparation each time that you would go into a, a match, a competition. Um, what did you have to do to prepare for each one of those? Well, um, you know, like when I was an amateur, I didn't get a chance to really study my opponents because like I did a lot of tournaments. Mm. So when I would show up at tournaments, it's all, you know, uh, the, the guys that fight locally until I got to the national tournament, then it's everyone in the country. So I got to face a lot of the top guys early before the nationals. 
and I did very well against him. Then at nationals, you know, the stakes getting, you know, it's, uh, you know, a little bit higher and mm -hmm. going for that gold medal and everything was tournament. So I got a lot of matches in. And, um, I think, uh, preparing for these matches was, uh, just, it's all about discipline. It's all about, um, eating and sleeping right. Because, you know, a lot of these guys, when you go to the world championships, they're professional athletes from like Iran, professional athletes mm -hmm. from Russia, professional athletes from China. So they train full time. So at the first world championships, I got bronze and then, then I realized, okay, um, I got to understand a little bit more about training properly. And then knowing that in, in these world tournaments, there's it's like five days of competition. So I have to make sure I'm ready to go five days straight. If I had a match every day or some, some days I have two matches. Mm, so, um, you know, you just gotta be prepared. So you kind of train, you kind of get the experience from the first world championships or the first match. And then you just kind of, um, cater your training, uh, regiment to, uh, either go into one match or go into a tournament type of fighting. So mm. it just depends on what, what I'm doing, right? That's just a one fight deal. Then mm -hmm. I just get ready for that one fight with my prepare for a tournament there's you know like you kind of simulate first match rest and sit a uh, fight the next match then go to the finals then the next day you know in the finals you fight at nighttime so you have a whole day off but you're already banged up from the first two matches you know so you kind of kind of kind of just uh put it in god's hands and let him mm -hmm. guide one of the things that you mentioned a moment ago uh, as part of the training regimen has to do, well, you've mentioned two things. You mentioned sleep and you mentioned nutrition. So let's talk about both of those. But first, I want to talk about nutrition. So what, for you, why was that aspect of training so important? And what did you specifically do when it came to your nutrition? Well, um, when it came to my nutrition, I just knew that, you know, at the time I was in, uh, yeah, did I was tight on money, so I just ate as the best I could. Mm -hmm. Um, just stayed away from junk food or fast. But then as um I got I, I became pro, I started realizing all these athletes they're really strict with their diet because they cut a lot of weight. And then mm. usually I'm I'm always that guy the smallest in the weight class because I just I didn't want to like cut twenty five pounds, starve my body and deplete my body and then hydrated back up and you know be 20 pounds heavier than everyone else i just <laughs> try to stay around about 10 to 15 pounds never cut more and it um just felt good and you can feel the difference when you eat bad and then when you eat good so i kind of i i learned by school hard knock okay yeah gotcha so when you were at the height of your training when it came to the nutrition what was a typical meal for you I would say in the mornings that I would probably do like, um, six, eight, six egg whites, um, some, some uh, organic potatoes, the eggs are, you know, uh, organic, non-GMO. And then, um, I, I would do vegetable juice through it. Like, you know, like a juicer with, uh, carrot juice, celery, beets and apples and uh, some watermelon, you know, and then mm. different juice like berries. And yeah, I, I had different kind of juices that I would, you know, blend throughout the day. And then, um, okay. and also eat you know, like protein. I stayed a lot on like organic chicken, 
or uh, you know, if, if I had the, the like the the funds for it, then I would get like organic free range steaks and stuff. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. Depends on the budget. <laughs> yeah, I I get that. I do. All right. Um, talk to us about the sleep aspect because I think that's a part of training that many people wouldn't consider. It's like really that's a part of your training. So talk to us a little bit about that. Well, um, as you know, when you train really hard, you're really tired. And when you get back to shower up and you eat and the next thing you know, it's like, cause the training is really hard. Um, you know, at first I realized I, I'll sit on the couch and watch TV and I, w- I find myself, I wake up in a bad position, like, uh, like watching TV, but I fell asleep. Mm-hmm. So I realized I'm just going to turn off the TV after I eat, stretch a little bit. And then, uh, you know, go watch a couple, uh, you know, tape study, like videos of the fighters that I would fight, then I'll go to bed, you know, and then, then, you know, when, whenever I'm not having a, like a good night's sleep, I try to get an afternoon nap in so I can mm. feel better. Cause I, I noticed a huge difference when I get a good night's sleep or get a like afternoon nap, I feel so much better in practice. So sure. it was all through feeling. And I think that was like God guiding me because at the time I was, you know, like my coaches was like great at holding pads, but they weren't great at like nutrition. So mm-hmm. everything was like done, like I would show up for the, for the coach who really good at holding pads. Then I'll go to a gym where I'm able to spar with really good guys at AK. Oh. And then with Javier Mendez, he's so busy with so many fighters. You know, I, I, I had him hold pads for me for like three or four camps, but then, then when his stable was like so many guys had, you know, fights, he was, he was all over the place. So I just, uh, I had to work around his schedule. Right. So, you know, it all, it all comes down to, you know, the training partners, your trainer is very important. And, Mm. uh, and now being a coach, I realized, you know, I got to focus on my son and his training partners and everyone who becomes better. It's like iron sharpens iron. Everyone who get better is going to make the other guy better. And the more you, 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 you give these guys and the more they're doing, the more they're like, you know, getting better with each other. Sure. So, you know, my son, he's, he's a very hard worker at the Lee. He's going to be probably signing with Bellator with Scott Cooper, my little promoter. Wow. And uh, I'm, I'm heading down to San Jose uh, this week just to talk about his, uh, his contract and then, um, and then, uh, and, you know, uh, I got a, a bunch of people that, you know, been asking me to, uh, baptize them. So I'm going to get them in the ocean and baptize them. And nice. And then, um, and then, uh, if there's any spiritual battles and uh, we never seek it, God yeah. said to them because seeking you are fine. Right. And right. If, if, if they're not reaching out, it's, it's like an exorcism. You have to, you have to get their permission in order mm. Uh, to do it unless it's like an emergency and, and the person's so gone, but their family says, okay, I need you to help this person. And we right. go and help this person, you know? Okay. So. Um, a couple different things related to your son, because you, you brought uh, Anthony up. Yeah. Is it, how different is it for you as his coach and his dad watching his career begin to blossom versus your own career in the same world? You know, the difference between my career, my son's career and how I feel, it's like, I know 
that I'm going to go in there and fight. And then like, you know, I'm a pretty confident person, but at the same time, humble. But I know when I go in there, all it takes is just opening up and let myself flow and get into my rhythm. And so, well, coaching, whether it's my, uh, my, my son, Anthony, or even at one point, my son, Kung Michael, and all my other fighters, it's like you, you kind of, you have this bonding with them. And when you see them fight, you get actually more nervous and you feel a little bit more nauseous. <laughs> I feel like, especially when my son gets ready to fight and he's got a tough fight, makes me like, oh. and I remember at one point he was just, he just turned 17 and we're doing this smoker. And then uh, we're doing, we did it at Punch King and I knew they gave him a really tough guy. And I, and I, I, I told him, Hey, this guy's really tough. You haven't really fought any men. This is your, going to be your first match against a man. Yeah. You know, you're going to be uh, okay with this. You know, I'm going to make sure I'll be right there. He's all, don't worry. I got this, you know, I, and he got in there and then he started like throwing. And then I just remember, I was like, calm down, relax, stay focused. You're not <laughs> trying to knock him out. You're just, yeah, yeah. it's a fight. So he got in his rhythm and then once he got in his rhythm, I realized, wow, you know, when he's in his rhythm, it's going to be hard to beat this kid because he's, he's all over the place. He's got that beautiful kicks, but they're very hard. He's got a lot of speed and he's got, he's got good condition. So, mm. yeah, but gotcha. still makes me feel like throwing up and nervous, <laughs> like almost every single time. So Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I get that. And, and. I'm going to go out on a limb here and I am, I'm going to make an assumption and it's this as, as great as the accolades were for you, when you competed, when he's getting them, it's probably whatever level you felt at that moment for yourself. It's like off the charts for your son. Well, it was off the charts for me, you know, like he gets excited and mm-hmm. then like, like he's done, he, he's either going to be like, let's go eat or let's, uh, you know, I was really happy with my performance. Let's hold some pads. I'm like, you want to hold some pads? Like right after your match, you're crazy. You know, take a day off, you know, uh, <laughs> like I got to say, you know, it's, it's a different feeling knowing that, you know, he won a belt, like he's got two belts now and, mm-hmm. and, um, and he, and he loves it. Right. And then, yeah. so all the little mistakes that I made. I'm making sure he doesn't make the same mistakes and all the things I did right. I'm making sure he's like down that path. This yeah. is the path. This is the path. You know, so it's a, uh, it's a lot of work and you definitely, sure. you know, I had a haircut or you'll see a lot of grays because it's very stressful. <laughs> I know when he started wrestling, my hair, my whole head was like black, right? And then after like, Two years of him wrestling seventh and eighth grade. I was like, hey, look at all these gray here. <laughs> you know, you don't need this. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I tell my kids the same thing. It's, if they see any of that salt in my pepper, uh, I was like, you know what? I didn't have any of this before you people came along. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, see, I, I feel you. Yeah. In fact, these are my kiddos back here. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's my son, Ethan, there. He's 23. He did graduated college. And that's my daughter, Andrea. She just graduated high school. Oh, that's nice. my youngest, Tatum. And she's going to graduate high school this coming December. Oh, cool. Yeah. You're almost almost getting them all out of the house. <laughs> almost, almost. Two of them are. But yeah. one's, one left. Yeah. So. Enjoy it. Time Trying flies. to. 
Yeah. Trying to. Well, let's see. Um, so somehow you were able to take these things that you did and turn these championships into becoming an actor. How did that come about? Because that that's not necessarily a, a just I wouldn't just jump right to that. Yeah, you know, I tell you right now, like being being an actor wasn't like like a choice for me at the time. But okay. then what I realized, I'm like, you know, I got like after I fought my first um, uh, MMA fight, I was like, oh, you know what, you know, um, I was already like doing some acting classes and stuff because I kept getting these opportunities, but I never really mm -hmm. pursued them. So okay. when I did pursue um, some acting. You know, it was, uh, it was a different world and I didn't understand it, you know? And then, um, once, uh, I got popular, uh, because, uh, you know, the promoter had me fight on ESPN and then, uh, then, um, I, I, one of my MMA fights got aired on Showtime. And from nice. that point on, like some Hollywood uh, managers and uh, agents reached out to, um, uh, my promoter and then, uh, you know, it was after my fight against Tony Freakland. Um, that was my third fight with in MMA. And um, uh, it was like, I got to showcase my spinning wheel kicks, like um, like all my strikings. And, you know, uh, I didn't even get a chance to throw. And just from that, like like Hollywood was knocking at my door. And then, uh, you know, I, I then I told myself, you know, I better look into this because, you know, obviously I can't fight forever, but, uh, yeah. you know, this acting stuff, they let me do punches and kicks and I really don't have to hit anyone and no one's hitting me and, you know, I can make a living off of it. Some of these guys make a lot of money. Let's see how far I can take it, you know, yeah. but then I, you know, I started getting some, you know, starring roles and I, I got to work with Channing Tatum. I got a ch chance to work with. Ben Kingsley, uh, Russell Crowe, you know, Lucy Liu. And I was like, nice. wow, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's really, uh, hurry up and wait, you know, <laughs> that, that, that shit. It's like you, you do the same thing over and over and make sure you get it right for the director to get all the angles. But it mm. wasn't like the adrenaline rush of like, you know, in, in, you know, back in the locker room, let's go. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, then walking out the tunnel, then you see the crowd, then you see your opponent, then the referee says, fight. And you're like, oh, here we go. It's nothing yeah. like that, right? And yeah. Then, then, but I said, hey, makes a good living. I can, you know, pay my bills. I can feed my kids. And where, where am I going to go with this? Then when I retired from fighting, I realized, okay, how far am I going to push it? I started writing my own script. I started getting all my stuff. But then I realized, the funding comes from these companies that fund movies that they have their actors or so many people that is part of their list. Sure. Like the list that's on the Illuminati or the list that's on the Masons or the list that's <laughs> this. And you're like, oh, so how? So you can't really make it and be the star that you can go in and win a title and be a star there. Mm -hmm. Or win a championship and be a star there. This is a different game. And I realized, and the devil's involved. I'm mm. getting out. I'm getting out because I don't want to have nothing to do with the devil. 
I fight the devil now, you know? So, you know, and I fight it with God's word. And when you realize how strong and powerful the name of Jesus is, when you're doing exorcisms and the devil flee, you, you, you're like, thank you, God, for guiding me down this path because I chose the right side. Mm. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, I don't ask everybody this question, but because of the life you've led, uh, it seems like an appropriate question to ask. Have you ever considered writing a book? Um, actually, um, about your life. I thought about a book, but before a book came, um, I'm working with, uh, this producer director named Victor. He's a director producer of my American family on uh, Amazon Prime. I'm not sure if you get a chance to watch it yet, but um, uh, it's a fairly popular show on Amazon mm -hmm. Prime. And uh, he, uh, like he, I saw what he did and he, you know, he helped me on some of my other projects. Oh. And, I, and then he talked about, do you want to do a documentary? And I, wow. I prayed about it. And mm -hmm. so the father gave me the green light and, and I ended up, you know, taking him up, taking him up on it. And from that, he said, you know, I told him about spiritual battles worldwide. That's what I got going with my family. Mm -hmm. I, and it, uh, uh, we got invited, uh, to, uh, do, uh, uh, Zach Bagan's show, uh, ghost adventures. Mm. And we, then we realized that when we are part of the show, what these guys were doing there, uh, they were letting people know paranormal is real and demons are real and you know but they do a lot of things that would have people do the wrong thing so mm. then i realized hey we got to do something we got to let people know about this because while you know zach and them they're 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 going in there and then they they're playing with the ouija board and what what does that happen when you see a celebrity playing with the ouija board a lot of kids will be playing with the ouija board and playing with the ouija board it's like commit suicide Literally, mm -hmm. there's a Zozo and a Mama demon in each board, and those are the demons that lead you to possessing the, uh, and the possessing demons are fallen angels. And uh, I'm not sure how religious you are, and when I say these things, it's like hard to believe. But we live in a world that people believe in in movies. They make a lot of true story movies, and and if they're making true story movies, what about you know the exorcisms of Emily Rose? You know. What about the exorcist? All based on true stories, and mm -hmm. that. And if you can't, if you believe in, in these other heist movies and bank robber movies, why are you not believing in what the name of Jesus Christ? And why are they leaving that out? You know, in these movies, right? Like mm -hmm. when they exercise the demon, they don't say in Jesus Christ's name, I command you. Some mm -hmm. movies nowadays, but now you know, as you you can watch it. Uh, they don't want you to know because at the same time, the devil likes to um, mix lies with the truths. So okay. he, he'll give you lies, but at the same time, he'll give you the truth. Mm -hmm. You know, J just enough truth to keep yeah. you interested and know it's like, hey, it sounds right. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a lie that's polished with some truth, is, is yeah. a way I've heard it said before. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, after that, I just realized that, you know, being in Hollywood is not where I want to be. I actually 
when that when that happened, it was crazy. My agent manager started like all of a sudden all these projects started flowing in. You know, I, I got mm. one from an old a producer that I did with Pandorum. He offered me a role, and then all I had to do is send in read. I I just sent in a real quick read because I told him I would, mm-hmm. but I didn't want it. I I prayed it away. I prayed, Father, you know, please, uh, you know, guide me on this uh, journey. And then, then all of a sudden this big project came up and they, they had, they, they've been looking for a Vietnamese actor, but like someone who was a little bit older who can play a general. And it was, um, with, oh. um, Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, the new, the one on HBO max where he's in Vietnam. I was supposed to play a general. And then like my manager's like, Hey, I, I know the casting agent. Um, and basically they've been looking for an, a, a Asian man, a Vietnamese older men and you know they couldn't find one so so they're they're looking at you all you have to do is make sure you let them know you send in your dialogue and even though it's not the best but they see that you can read bit means I, I mean it like jobs yours casting okay. agent they're looking for it and i felt like so i said oh you know where would my name would be he's like, well we haven't negotiated that it'd be at least number two or number three and i said oh you know what um let me talk about it to my family. So I talked to my wife. They're all supportive, but at the same time, at that during that time, God was calling. God was like, hey, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. I just started spiritual battles worldwide, and mm-hmm. it started going good, like the Instagram, and we were helping so many people. And by that time, we had about 30, 30 or 40 uh, cases as a family and very successful um, healing the sick and, um, you know, um, fighting demons in Jesus Christ's name. And then I realized, oh, you know, here's an opportunity. It's a two and a half year deal, lots of money, millions. But I I felt something like, it was like the choices I make will determine what happens in my soul. So I chose God and I took the God path and, and, and um, all of a sudden that part, that part, the older part now is it, like a strong part, they they got it for a younger guy, but Robert Downey Jr. is still the main guy. I mm-hmm. saw the, the trailer and I'm like, you know what? Because I'm acting and it's almost like a legal loophole because the devil uses a lot of legal loopholes to, <laughs> to pull you into sin. So I just said, you know what? Um, I'm just going to pass on the project. And I literally told my manager and told my agent, I'm tied up and I have spiritual battles that I'm going to do. And I literally turned it down. And ever since then, you know, I felt like the father was pleased and, and he started giving me more missions, bigger missions. And, and, um, you know, I, I feel that, you know, uh, because the relationship, the relationship I have, you know, um, the new heaven and the new earth, uh, is coming soon. Mm-hmm. You know, the, one of the things we talk about on this show quite often are relationships, which you would imagine because the name of the podcast is Relationships and Revenue. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things that I ask everybody all the time, because uh, I have a belief, my belief is this, that if you want, now realizing a lot of people I talk to are like entrepreneurs and they have, their business is a little different than your business, but I think you can apply it here. So if you want your business to be the best that it can be, it's still about relationships when it comes to business. And if you want to be great at those relationships, the ones that you consider most significant in your life, for most people, it's 
their home relationships. Those have to be fantastic, outstanding, and you got to be constantly building into those. So with that as the backdrop, what are you doing right now to build into and to make better your most significant relationships at home? And what impact do those relationships have on your business or your business dealings? I got to say, look, I, I've been, I, I've owned martial arts dojos. I've done my own uh, film projects. I've gotten funding for a TV show that we filmed that didn't go because of the other, uh, the other character um, or the other um, person in the show kind of got greedy and wanted more. And, it, and he, like, even though it was my investor's money, I just said, hey, you know, um, this is how I feel about it. You know, it's your money. You want to, you want to just still shop this? And he's all, well, you know, if he's a bad guy, let's not do it. And, uh, you know, oh. and, and it's all, you know, I, 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 I put my trust in God and, you know, just because it didn't get released, it's not about releasing something so I can make more money. It's about releasing something that makes a difference. Yes. So when it comes down to relationship, um, I got to tell you, I'm going to just skip all of my other relationships because they really didn't matter. I, I, this is like my third marriage and the, this is the marriage that I put God first and my relationship with my wife, Sunshine, is the best it's ever been. I truly, truly believe that like we are made for each other. God, that's like, she's my rib. That's like mm. Adam and Eve stuff, right? And, mm -hmm. and, and then she's the one who explained to me about Jesus Christ, the son of God what he did for us, die on the cross for us and rose again three days later. And we accept that you could be saved, right? Could not, you will be saved, right? So there's a lot more that, that you kind of have to do. And then why, why would we invest our time now into getting into eternal, you know, because the Bible is unraveling in front of our eyes right now. And look, even the Euphrates river, as two thousand years ago, I said it's going to dry up. It's drying up now. Who mm. can predict it? And who can predict it that? Who can predict it? The great earthquake where you know seven thousand will die right away. But that's so terrible. Look at what happened in Turkey. The number seven was all the numbers of all the earthquake that hit in that area. And mm. I mean, there's like there's so many different things that is pat like coming into pass right now that is unraveling right in front of our face. So the Bible is undefeated right now. And everything that has already happened is going to happen because those are just small signs like stumbling blocks. Hey, come back to me. Come back to me before I really, you know, go like the days of Noah. Yeah. So, and before it's you know, too late. Yeah. God, God can get anything done real quick. But it took 120 years for the Noah's Ark to get built. And right now in in Turkey, they on a mountain, some uh, Chinese um, explorers and some Russian explorers teamed up, and they got in and they showed inside of like like uh, Noah's Ark, and in um, and in the same measurements in the Bible is 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 you know, on that mountain. So as, as you mm. can see, the Bible is unraveling and, and, uh, you know, it's all about the relationship with the father, because when you have the relationship with the father, he makes sure everything else goes good in your life. 
that is the key. That is that that is the key relationship. My relationship with my wife, the best ever. I mean, we've been uh, we just uh, celebrated our four year anniversary, and it's like every year it gets more intense. Like the, the love is more deep, and because the father's love is unlit unlimited he is god almighty most high the most powerful the most merciful the most loved and you feel his love in that relationship when you put him first and that's it any business i do before i go into the business i pray about it and Mm -hmm. it either goes through or it doesn't most time it does because he would lead me to all these findings in my potential business and then you know and cut me off. I would do everything that I want, but there's certain things that don't, uh, that don't happen. And I realize, Hey, he's guiding me away from certain things. But then mm-hmm. when you, when you truly see it and you map it and we put it on paper and we see everything that he's been doing for us, it's mm-hmm. better than anything that I ever done in my whole entire life is having mm-hmm. that relationship with God. God is the best relationship that you, anyone any person can have because he created everything. So if you want more love, guess what? You have that relationship with him. Father, today I feel like there's a lack in love. Uh, what can I do to better myself? And he sends the comforter in and you feel it and you know it. And when you, as a husband and wife team, when you pray together, when you, uh, you know, teach your kids and you do things by God, with God before you, nothing can stand against you. Mm. Love that. Thanks for sharing that. Sure. So just very briefly, uh, share with us the the various things that you're that you're doing right now. It's it's more of a recap than anything, because I want to make sure that those who are listening and watching is like, okay, he's doing lots of different things right now. So kind of recap that for us. The first thing that I'm doing, which is um, was in the forefront, but now we're gonna like, because now this all, it all comes out in editing. Um, but I did my, uh, life documentary with okay. Victor. Yeah. Um, we're gearing up to film our show, spiritual battles worldwide. Mm. Uh, we have one episode pretty much it's, it's all done. We have to edit it, but now mm-hmm. we realize, wow, there's other people that might want to fund the other 12 episodes because mm. I go with 13. Why 13? Because. Jesus, uh, Jesus has 12 disciples and he's 13. So we said, let's just stick it to a, a good number. 13 is a good number. So that, that might happen. Um, but, uh, everything that I've been doing is like, you know, uh, I put it in God's hands and Victor wanted myself, my wife and my son to be voiceover on an angel, um, uh, studio production that, you know, they're, they're the same company that funded um, the chosen and, and, um, mm-hmm. the movies that's out right now, uh, yep. they have a kids show that, um, you know, we get to, um, that, um, Victor is, um, the producer, the showrunner, he's going to be using our voice in, in, oh, cool. in, in this, uh, kids, uh, animation. And nice. then, um, that, you know, uh, we just, right now we kind of, we just dropped everything and just going around helping people. Uh, kind of like the modern day disciples. Uh, we just, you know, pray for people who are sick, uh, spread the gospel and fight demons in Jesus Christ's name. 
I mean, we're living in the the most amazing story ever that could ever be told. And mm -hmm. there's no Hollywood movie that you can put all the Hollywood movies all together and it's, it wouldn't even be as good. So, um, yeah, and you're, you're living in it. Everyone who's going to watch this is living in it. And, you know, um, I got to let everyone know because the father told me this because it's his promise. He made a promise and he keeps his word. When time runs out, eternity will start. And if you look at a clock, here's 12 o'clock. 12 to 1 is 13, right? 11 to 2 is 13. 10 to 3 is 13. And it's 6 on one side. What is the number of man? Number of man is 6. What is the number of women? If you go the opposite side, it's 13, 6 times, right? So and what, how, many, how many books is in the Bible? If you read the Bible, you should know it's 66. 66. But how many in the Old Testament? 39. What, what is the big number? 39. You know the, the big significant of 39? Oh, I'm sure that I do, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Jesus Christ, 39 stripes for us. And okay. what is um, what is 27? 27 is the two, which is man and woman, okay. Adam and Eve. The mm -hmm. seven, seven days God created uh, the world and heaven and earth and every single thing. But here's the thing. God didn't rest on the seventh day. God ended up spending time with Adam and Eve, even though after they got booted out of um out of uh of the you know garden of eden mm -hmm. when they got booted out the reason why they got booted out because Jel uh, the devil who was a cherim angel and at one time guarded the mercy seat of god's throne he uh that angel got jealous but that angel also had a lot of influence against the other angels but it was that good because it talks that the devil topped angels out of heaven so mm -hmm. it and and then Jesus says it's been a murderer since the beginning time. And I was like, hey, murder since the beginning time? Who didn't murder? Adam and Eve. When you read the last books, you, you read the book of Enoch. It killed Adam. It's been the deceiver beginning of time. But then when you start tying everything together, why does God love men, man so much, man and woman so much? Because of Adam mm -hmm. and Eve. Adam and Eve lived on a mountain for 930 years, didn't want to come down from the mountain. Stayed in a um, the cave of treasures and obeyed God. Mm -hmm. And that's why when Jesus says, um, let the wicked be wicked, let the righteous be righteous, let the holy be holy. I truly believe the two anointed ones, when they come back is Adam and Eve. I, I, I truly believe they're in this world right now and they, they're staying hidden. They, they're the anointed ones while everyone thinks it's going to be like Enoch or Moses. You got you to gotta read God's word. Look, look, look what Jesus says. Have you not read Have you not read my father's word? So if you read all the words, uh, Adam and Eve had a pact with God and God's going to come back in the great five and five. See, everything's a peril. And, yeah. uh, and last year was 50, 50 years of, you know, um, uh, you know, like after Jesus died, there's that 50 days, Pentecost. I mean, there's so many times, I'm telling you, it's like, I truly believe Jesus Christ is coming back very soon. Hard, hard to deny that. Hard to deny that. I've got a, I've got a few questions before we get to our wrap-up. The wrap-up time is, is what I call a final four, and they're just four quick questions. I'll just throw it to no bang, problem. bang, bang. 
Um, I think I already know kind of how you're going to answer this, but I like to ask this question. How would you define success? Well, no one's really, for me, success at first winning titles, right? Yeah. Or winning medals when I was younger, mm-hmm. that was successful. And then of course, getting that contract, making like a movie and finishing the movie and watching it at, at the pre, uh, the previews, but now no. success will not come until you're standing or you're on your knees and Jesus is standing over you and saying, I'm well, pleased. congratulations. You have made it into the father's heavenly kingdom. That is success. All right. What would you say is your number one daily habit? My number one daily habit is my communication with the father. Okay. What makes a great leader? Lead by example. Okay. And by, I like what you said there, the leading by example for this reason. I think many times we'll see leaders and they give us lip service about what we're supposed to do, but what they say doesn't match what they do. And I have found the truly great leaders, not only do they lead by example, but when they mess up, they admit it right away. And they let others know, hey, don't make this mistake. That's still leading by example. Very true. Now, food for thought on that. Yeah, yeah. I agree. What would you say is the best advice you've ever been given and you've ever received? Meaning what the best advice you've ever received and you've given to someone else? The best advice I was given is put God first and everything else will follow. And surely everything else followed. And my advice to anyone or many that I have already given this advice to is put God first and everything else will follow. Okay. And we're getting to the final four time, but before we do that, uh, when folks see this and hear this, they may want to connect with you, get to know more about you. Where are the best places that folks can find you? I have an Instagram, Kung Lee, C-U-N-G-L-E-185. Um, on my Facebook uh, and in uh, uh, pretty much those two accounts for Spiritual Battles, which is the one my wife runs and then Fight or Flight, my son and I run that. Um, but like just my account, Kung Lee 185. Gotcha. Okay. And folks, we'll be sure to include all that in the show notes. So you won't have to miss it or look for it. It'll be right there available for you. All right. And here we are. Final four. The four quick questions. Tell me the first thing that pops in your head. Number one, why did God create Kung Lee? Why did God create me? Um, God created me uh, for a purpose right now during these times to let people know uh, I have a blue check mark. I've been uh, a role model to many, uh, especially in the Asian community. And uh, my job is just to help people understand and navigate around the four other 4,000 religion that's out there that has 
probably been made up by all the elites and uh, Illuminati and the devil himself to get people far away from God. That is why God created me. And then uh, I truly uh, believe uh, uh, that uh, when you seek, you will find. And I ask God, just like Peter says uh, to Jesus, uh, I want to sit at the table. I want to sit at the table where God sits at. So uh, my job is to be righteous, to be holy. And that's why Jesus says, let the wicked be wicked, let the righteous be righteous, and let the holy be holy. And uh, and there's 144 anointed ones. I ask God, how, how, can I, how can I be part of this? And, uh, and then he answered me, and this is what I'm doing. This, this is why I'm doing it. You know, I, I, I don't do this so I can tell about my story. I, I do this so I can tell about my story so I can get to telling everyone, seek the kingdom of heaven first and everything else will follow. And right now, short time because the kingdom of heaven's at hand. Gotcha. Number two, what are you doing, reading, or listening to right now that's helping you grow? You already know this answer. I do. I'm I do. reading the Bible. I'm reading <laughs> The book of Enoch, and I'm look, reading the lost texts and the uh, the lost books of Adam and Eve, and I'm trying to understand more and more uh, as I read it over and over and over. And, and I lead. I ask God to lead me through the His numbers. He likes to talk in numbers or songs or or like when you ask for something, He will show you right then and there. And and so I I, I ask Him to show me it every time. Uh, like a number shows up, I go check, you know, in, in, in different scripture, what that, those numbers mean. And that's how I'm being led. What do you do for fun? Um, I fight demons, uh, because it's fun because I know I already won because with God before me, nothing can stand against me, especially with God before my family, nothing can stand against us. So, you know, it's like, it sounds crazy, but like when you, truly cast out a demon you have to call them by their name and you gotta you gotta command them to tell you the time and hour that they leave their name then you rebuke them out in jesus christ's holy name and of course you know like there's some demons that are tougher than others because they're a higher rank but mm -hmm. we've 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 done it all we've fought all the names mm -hmm. that we had to rebuke them out and we've seen some stuff and I have some pictures and I have some evidence that will blow people's mind. Like it'll probably get my page flagged because it's so violent on someone's body and the things it says and the things it does to people. Yeah. So, yeah. I can, I can imagine. What are you most grateful for? Right now I'm most, it's a, my relationship with God almighty. That is what I'm most grateful for. Okay. Last question. If somebody comes to you and say, hey, I'm looking for something new to read outside of recommending the Bible to them, which I know would be your number one answer, what other book recommendations do you make to folks? Book of Enoch. Lost okay. books of Adam and Eve. I'm telling you. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. No other book's going to matter when it's that time. Mm -hmm. And whether you believe it or not, you and I are in that time that we will get to hear and see spiritually when Jesus comes out of the cloud.
And when you see Jesus and he says this, when you see me, you will see the father. And when you see father, you will see Jesus. Mm. God is seven spirit. And see what people don't understand is God. God didn't just create man from dirt. If you truly put it all together, God created man and God has seven spirits. He took a little, little bit from each spirit. He took the, um, the, the smartness of an angel and he went to the four corners and took dirt from the four corners. And the last element, he gave his breath and man became. And he spent one day, one day in heaven is a thousand years here on man. So it took a thousand years to create us. So we're special. That's what the elites and the governments don't want you to know how special you are because we come from Adam and Eve. Well said, my friend. Well said. Well, listen, I want to thank you so much for your time today and for sharing your heart with us about not only the things you've done in the past, but what you're doing now. Um, it's it's clear it to call it your passion, it doesn't seem like a strong enough word. It, it it truly does not. It is it is it is very clear it's your calling. It's what you're meant to do. And for you to not do it, that would be the injustice. That would be the wrong and all that. So uh, I'm here to say thank you for what you're doing right now and for the difference you're making in the lives of many, many people. Uh, so thank you for sharing some of your thoughts and your wisdom with us. And we're better because we spent time with you today. Uh, thank you so much. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. As always, it is an honor to have each and every one of you here because you've invested your most precious resource and that's your time because I know you can't get it back. And so thank you for investing that time with us today. And we will talk to you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlin. Thanks again for listening. And remember, passion gets you started. Purpose keeps you going. Have a great day and we'll see you next time. Bye.